The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Well, we have a very sexy show for you today. That's kind of the best kind, right, in some ways. Um, uh, this is a very interesting story, actually, before I introduce my guest. Um, as all of you know, who, anyone who's been listening to this show for even one other time, I, I probably don't fail to mention my latest book, Bad Girls, Why Men Love Them, and How Good Girls Can Learn Their Secrets. And, um, of course, one of the chapters, I talk about the dozen dangerous damsels, and one of the dozen is called The Husband Stealer. And as with all of the chapters, all of the 12 types of bad girls in each chapter, I give, besides giving my psychoanalysis of um, each type of bad girl, why the woman, you know, what the woman wants, why she wants it, why men are attracted to this particular type, and then, of course, stories from, uh, real stories from the dating front from the 100-plus men who I interviewed for it. But then I also list, at the end of each chapter, some famous bad girls who demonstrate um, that particular type. So, in the Husband Stealer chapter, I list my next guest, (laughs) Um, Sarah Simons, Uh, and I wrote about her. Sarah has made a career out of husband stealing. She's vetted celebrity chef Gordon Ramsay, among others, as research, and I put research in single quotes, for her handbook for the other woman. Well, you can imagine my surprise (laughs) when about a week ago, I guess it was, um, I get an email from Sarah Simons, (laughs) who was alerted to my book by one of her faithful followers, um, and and she got in contact with me. It was sort of, um, it was very interesting. I actually had admired Sarah. The reason why I even knew to put her in my book was because I had seen her on television, and talking about the other woman, talking about affairs, uh, admitting on national television that she uh, has had affairs. Uh, she has been the other woman, and of course that's what gives her the expertise to call herself an infidelity analyst. Um, and she has written a book called Having an Affair, a Handbook for the Other Woman. So Sarah and I wound up talking um, for two hours just recently, we have a lot in common. I have admitted I call myself a recovering bad girl, and one of the types of bad girls that I am recovering from is being a husband stealer myself. So, um, so I, it's you know, it certainly it certainly is not to uh, condemn these people, um, these people, um, 
But rather, I mean, the whole book, actually, the whole Bad Girls book isn't to condemn anybody, either the bad girls. Um, certainly I'm help, trying to help good girls learn some of their secrets, not to become bad, but to be able to even the playing field and to attract and keep men themselves, which is what the wives of um, men who have affairs need to learn. And um, and so I, I describe in the husband-stealer chapter, for what does a husband-stealer want, I write, a husband-stealer wants the satisfaction of knowing that she is able to steal a man away from his wife, proving that her beauty and charm is irresistible, even after a man has pledged his heart to another. Well, with that introduction, no further ado, <laughs> Sarah, welcome to the show. Thank you, Dr. Carroll. Thanks for having me on. It's exhausting just listening to it. <laughs> <laughs> just listening to what? To having all these affairs? Well, listening to what it's like being a bad girl, but I have to say, being a good girl is so overrated. I take bad any day. <laughs> it's true. Good girls really don't have more fun, certainly. No. Other than the... I'm a recovering bad girl, too. I'm trying to be a good girl, and it's so boring, but I'm staying with it, and I'm not going to fall off the wagon. Yes, and that's what you help women to do. Well, before we get into all of that, um, of course, my, you know, as you know, uh, I most of my guests I put on Dr. Carol's couch and um, analyze them. And um, <laughs> analysis of you would take a lot more than an hour. <laughs> As I said to somebody earlier, I've been on a lot of couches, but I've never been on a psychiatrist one. So it's going to be new ground for both of us. <laughs> yes. Well, but I, w- I am interested in, and I'm sure my listeners are interested in, what it was, what experiences you had um, that made you, I mean, a lot of women have affairs, mm-hmm. but, um, but not all of them become as passionate and devoted um, to helping mistresses as you have become. And so mm-hmm. obviously it was a very powerful experience that you had. Um, so just tell us about what, how you wound up on this path to writing about it and, and making this your lifelong um, ambition to help women in these circumstances. Yeah, well, I'll try and give you the edited version because, like you said, it could take more than an hour. <laughs> um, basically, I left home when I was 22, great home life, but wanted to go out into the world, Wanted never was great in school, hated studying, wanted to work. Relocated to a fabulous job in the Middle East where I was in sales and marketing and PR, very sexy. I also was only 22, and I lost my moral compass over there. Let's just leave it at that. Mm -hmm. So I was on a path to ruin, really, at a young age and didn't have my family around me, fell in with with the bad company. And then by the time I came back to the UK, still more great jobs in PR and marketing, mixing with all these celebrities and high-profile men, whom, of course, were 99% married. The rest, the other 1% were just playboys anyway. And that was the company I was keeping, and they were the guys asking me out. And I just didn't have that filter to say, no, he's married. I just wanted to destroy myself, I guess, because that's really one of the people I did destroy. Uh-huh. And, um, and was there one particular heartbreak, particularly heartbreaking relationship? There was, and it's probably karma. Anybody listening today will think I got my just desserts, and oh boy, did I. And some... Um, fell in love with a guy who chose not to tell me he was married for quite a while, which was nice of him. And 
felt completely hook, line, and sinker, and he was the one that was pursuing me. A lot of women who might be listening to your show today, living as a mistress, will tell you, 99%, it's the husband, the married man that pursues us like a heat-seeking missile. It's unbelievable. So I fell in love with this guy through his strong pursuits, and when I found out he was married, it was just awful. But I stayed, because like everyone, you think he's going to leave for you etc. Two and a half, three years down the line, he didn't. I hit rock bottom with a few of the things that were going on, and it was just destroying me. And at one point, I thought, I can go two ways here. I can either not carry on, or I can sit down and actually try and do something to help women not go through the pain I'm going through, and open up this topic, because you said quite rightly, you know, I am on national TV talking about it, but I'm exposing it. I'm encouraging women not to live this life. Don't be in a second-hand relationship. So I'm not promoting it. I'm just exposing what goes on in this world. Yes. And, um, you know, but you said just one thing I want to, you know, you said that a lot of the men um, pursue the women who they ultimately want to have affairs with, and that's certainly true. Um, in fact, in my book, Bad Boys, I talk about the one bad boy type that's called misunderstood and married, and, and they do do that, but... It's also the bad girls. You know, there are women who um, are are particularly, I mean, one man who I interviewed for the book talked about how um, a wedding ring is catnip to a bad girl, well, particularly to what I call the husband stealer. In other words, these are women who, um, and, and, you know, I don't mean to talk about you as if you're not there or as if, you know, you're not included in this group, but... Uh, but, you know, most of the time, the women who become the husband stealers, whether it's the man who starts off the pursuit or the woman, um, what attracts the woman is that these men, this is her opportunity to try to win what, you know, as psychiatrists we call the Oedipal Triangle, to win the triangle that the little girl had um, when she was growing up. Every little girl or every little boy, too, but, you know, uh, goes through a phase called the Oedipal phase. And so when the little girl goes through it, she wants to marry her daddy and get rid of her mommy. And so when a little girl grows up in a household where that isn't the case, where she feels that her parents are very um, very much together, are very much, you know, her mother has st- stolen a lot of love and attention from her father that the little girl wishes she had, um, she grows up with that unfulfilled desire, you know, un, un, um, not that she wasn't validated in that triangle, and she tries to prove by getting, stealing a man away from his wife that, in fact, she, even though her father didn't leave her mother, that she can get another man to leave his wife because, because she is that wonderful, she is that lovable. And so there's really these unconscious, I mean, that's kind of the problem, though, uh, I'm sure, that that women aren't thinking, oh, I'm doing this because of the Oedipal Triangle from when I was a little girl. You know, they're, they're, they're just attracted, hopelessly, helplessly attracted to these married men. And it isn't a time when a lot of rational thinking goes on, even if they could be aware of what's going on in their unconscious mind. I don't disagree, and I'm, I'm gleaning a lot of this from your book, which I'm reading and loving. Your bad girls is a must. I'm loving it. But um, you touched on something earlier about the conquest, and I think, myself personally as a bad girl, 
think like a man, and I can see that whole conquest thing, like men think, you know, I want to nail that mm. woman, I want to, I want to do, get that girl. I used to be like that with guys, and I've had all different types of affairs, so it hasn't always been him wanting to leave his, me wanting him to leave his wife. You know, it's been the conquest, it's been the arrangement, it's been the celebrity one night stand, and yes, it's few time it's been wanted them to leave their wives. Um, but I think, obviously, I put myself last on the list. I didn't even look for proper love. I just completely kept living in this dysfunction. And I only let myself find chemistry with these guys who were unavailable. And I should have walked away. I should have said no. I should have said, go home to your wife. I didn't, but I do now. Yes. Um, I mean, I think for a lot of women, they have to live through the pain that you were just talking about, um, you know, of... of waiting and hoping and at some point figuring out that it's not going to happen. They're not going to leave. See, that they're not going to leave their wives. Of course, the problem is, and I'm sure you come across this every day with your mistresses anonymous and so on that we'll talk about later, um, that because there are some cases where the men do actually leave their wives, it may not be for a long time, but you know, <laughs> we all know of at least one girlfriend, let's say, um, where, where the man has left his wife. And so those rare, rare instances give hope to all the women who are in these affairs um, and, and say to themselves, well, so-and-so left his wife for so-and-so, mm-hmm. so it could happen to me. Yeah, and a couple of the girls at my Mistress's Anonymous sessions, you know, they might come in occasionally and say they are actually with the married man whom they were having the affair with. He did leave. But through my research, and I write about this in my book, they rarely ever leave. And usually if they leave, it's because they've been kicked out. And like I say, girls, who wants a man who's been kicked out? Mm-hmm. If he's going to leave, he has to leave for you. And if he's going to leave, he's going to leave within the first three to six months of an affair. After that, he's just using you to keep his marriage going. So get out. Actually, don't get into it in the first place. But after okay. the first six months, he's not going anywhere. We'll talk more about that when we come back. We need to take a break now. My guest is Sarah Simons. Her book is called Having an Affair, a handbook for the other woman, and she's also the head of Mistresses Anonymous. We'll tell you all about all of these things when we come back. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Are you ready to go green? You've asked, and we've heard you. Voice America presents the Green Talk Network. 
Environmental topics are at the forefront of our society, and the Green Talk Network is here to keep you up to date on the latest trends and new innovations for the eco-conscious lifestyle. We'll help promote a variety of ideas on the environment, from global warming issues to how you can become more eco-friendly in your daily activities. Be a part of the solution, not the problem. Visit the Green Talk Network page on voiceamerica.com and tune in to help spread the green. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in your brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, talking with you today about having an affair with my guest, Sarah Simons. She's the author of Having an Affair, a Handbook for the Other Woman. She's not uh, condoning it. She's trying to help other women to take control of their lives. She's also the head of Mistresses Anonymous, and she's a an infidelity analyst. Uh, she's also in my book, Bad Girls. Um, awkward. <laughs> in the husband stealer category. Um, you know, we'll, we'll t- I would like to read a little bit from the book in terms of why do men fall for husband stealers, because before the break, Sarah was saying that usually if men are going to leave, they leave within the first three to six months, and that does make sense. So in the paragraph or the section of the chapter on husband stealers where I write, why do men fall for husband stealers, I say some husband stealers make stealing men away from their wives a sport. How is it that this hobby is so easy to engage in? A man who falls prey to such a bad girl is caught up in the illusion that the grass is always greener on the other side of the fence. He sees the flaws and failings of his wife every day, from menstrual cramps to morning breath and bad moods to bathroom smells, while from afar the husband stealer looks perfect. So um, three to six months, you know, the husband stealer still looks is looking pretty perfect while he's still dealing with all the flaws of his wife. And, of course, the sex is the hottest at the beginning of a relationship, oftentimes. I mean, yes, you try to make it hotter as you get to, ideally. Um, but it's very hot, certainly, at the beginning. And, um, and that's when this man gets caught up in uh, the thrill of it all. So, Sarah, tell us about... Um, you know what you some of your experiences or some of the stories from the mistresses that you've heard about this this three to six month period or how they get the men um, or which which kind of men leave well i I talk about three different categories of cheats um, the type number one is the serial philandro whom I you know, kind of bracket the celebrities into that men who are high profile and one woman is never enough. Type two is going to be the unhappily married man. He really is unhappy, and if he meets the right woman, he will get out of his marriage in a timely manner, and he will do that also for his wife, because men who carry on lengthy affairs have no respect for their wives, no respect for their marital vows, and they're just humiliating their wives. Yes, the woman, the other woman is an accomplice, but it's the man who's married, it's the man who's breaking his vows. Type three is the man who really isn't unhappy at all, but he just wants to have, his, his mister wants to have his cake and eat it. So he's not, got no intention of getting out of his marriage, but he wants his mistress on the side. And that's the most heartbreaking. I hear from women who've been in affairs for 5, 10, even 15 years with the same man who's still promising them. I mean, come on, wake up. He's got the best of all worlds. 
Now, back to the type you, you asked me about if they ever do leave, that's type two, the unhappily married man. If he genuinely is unhappily married, and it happened to somebody in my family, so I've seen it firsthand, he did meet another woman. She was the right woman for him. He went home and he told his wife, and he did leave as best terms he could. Of course, there's going to be hurt. And he's now married to the other woman, and I think they'll be married forever. It's, it's, they're great together. So that's the three different types. You see that? Yes. You see, that's the thing. When It's those kind of relationships that give all the mistresses their hope, especially, of course, of course, the guy totally feeds into it because he's telling the woman, how um, his mistress, how terribly unhappy he is at home. Exactly. I mean, but there is the other school of thought, isn't there, Dr. Karen? I'd love to know if you could tell the sisterhood about this one. Even if he leaves his wife, you are going to end up with a cheater. Now, we could say, did it happen in, to the family member? To my knowledge, no. And I sometimes ask his wife, do you ever worry? And she, she said, no, you know, I know that's how we met. I keep an eye on it. But in general, do you think men, once a cheat, always a cheat? It does actually happen a lot. And then, you know, it's always so amazing to see the woman, the former mistress who's now married to him, um, or even before they get made in a relationship with him, with, and, and she's always so surprised. You know, how could he do this? Well, he just did it with you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? exactly. Um, but, but we tell ourselves stories uh, about how, I mean, that's part of that's the husband's dealer. She wants to prove that she is the most alluring of all she's even even she can even get the guy to break his marriage vows mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. of how desirable she is and yes it's um you know it is really difficult it is and i, I personally think i didn't think this at the time when i came out of the mistress world and wrote my book i was very angry i was in a bad place but still wanted to help women not live that life you know and i thought that there was this war between mistresses and wives when in actual fact mistresses and wives have got so much in common they are both sleeping with the enemy they're both sharing half of a man who's lying to them i want wives to wake up and not be humiliated check for the signs if the husband's cheating on you as well as women don't have affairs with somebody else's husband so now i see the sisterhood really as a whole mm-hmm. well you know and that's another part of it too um, that I write about. I talk about how these days, because so many men, fathers, you know, are having affairs, um, it's not only wanting to win her father away from her mother that draws her to become involved in her own affairs, you know, to steal a married man, but it's also when she's grown up where in a relationship, in a household where her father has had an affair. So she wants, she's not only trying to steal him or wishes she had gotten more love and attention from her, from her father compared to her mother, but it's also compared to the mistress. And so she becomes the mistress to try to get this love and attention that, that she didn't get from her father. Yeah, I mean, I agree, and it's very interesting to hear you talk like this and to read about it in your book. And, and I'm also very aware with family values have been broken down so much now in society. There's not one of us who doesn't know somebody who's either divorced, having an affair, or wants one. And look at role models like Kim Kardashian. She got yeah. married for 72 days. What yeah, sort of science yeah. does that send out? And it's interesting. Now she's supposedly having second thoughts. Oh, wonder... which means she wants some PR. <laughs> well, I wonder if um, if it's because you know she's gotten such um, a backlash from having divorced him after seventy-two days um, that you know she's realizing it's bad for her brand. You know, I wonder really how much. 
she's realizing, oh, I really love him after all. I mean, you know, uh, I think it is kind of more to, to salvage her image. And I think this, you asked me earlier about my passion behind driving this message. It comes initially from a place of pain, hit rock bottom, had to do something to try and claw my way back to reality and help women at the same time. And I'm sure you know through being a doctor that when you hit rock bottom, sometimes your therapy is actually helping other people. So I get so much out of helping other women with their affair and dating issues. But, you know, when you see people like that making a mockery of marriage, it makes you wonder, will people like Kim Kardashian have a stigma, whereas the other woman has got such a stigma, which I don't think she deserves, quite frankly, when all these other things are going on, which Mm. makes more of a mockery of marriage than affairs do, quite frankly, sometimes. Yes. I mean, there are so many, so many people, um, sadly enough, (laughs) um, especially like teenage girls or preteen girls who look at, I mean, and adult women too, but I, it's, it's a sad, sad phenomenon that people look at, at um, the Kardashian women, or let's just say Kim for now, um, and, and think that she has everything. You know, she's beautiful, she's rich, she's famous. Um, she's been a role model for, unfortunately, for so many women. And, and now she does this, and it does make people think, well, if she can do this, then marriage really isn't, you know, uh, then, then it doesn't mean forever, and, and, and we don't have to treat marriage that seriously, and so on. Yes, it's a, it's a terrible role model. It makes me sad, and that might sound ironic coming from my mouth, but I'd like to be married one day, actually. So it does make me sad to watch these things. It's just eroding everything, everything good. Yes, and, you know, when I talk about why people become... Um, women, be- little girls become bad girls and little boys become bad boys. Primarily, it has to do with, um, grow- well, it has to do with the kinds of relationships that they had with their parents growing up and especially, uh, dysfunctional relationships and especially now, the more each generation has parents who are more likely to have been divorced than, let's say, 50 years ago, you know, um, that makes the children of divorce afraid of intimacy, afraid of marriage, because they're afraid of getting hurt if they get married or if they get close in a relationship, just like they saw their parents getting hurt. So it's a combination of growing up in these dysfunctional homes um, and, of course, the media glamorizing bad girls and bad boys. I mean, okay, Kim Kardashian, yes, most of the media... Um, has been negative towards her, but she's still been in the media. They still follow her all over the place, and that makes a lot of people think, oh, well, you know, I'd like that. Yeah. Yes, indeed. And then let me throw something else in there about about family background then. You know, I'm the only infidelity analyst in the world so far, and my parents have been married 60 years next year. I mean, that's (laughs) ironic. I'm a mistress, or was, and they're happily married, so I don't know. Well, you know... As I was telling you the other day, <laughs> it's either, um, I mean, well, okay, let's, <laughs> let's, let's look at it this way, actually. Um, you know, what I was saying earlier on about how um, husband stealers generally come from families where um, their parents, the little girl growing up, saw her parents as being very, very close and wanted some of that closeness. I mean, do you think... Did, were your parents so close that you felt a little, do you think you could have, I mean, something had to have happened here. <laughs> do you think that, you know, you, you felt that you would have liked more time or more attention from your father than, 
and, and thought that maybe your mother got a little too much or wished you would have had some of that? Um, they were never sort of touchy-feely. They were a good union, but I don't remember them ever sort of holding hands and, and all that. I mean, you know, over-excessively, uh, over-excess, rather. I do, I mean, we nursed, my mother nursed my grandmother, and my father worked away a lot, so I guess I wasn't always the center of attention, but I understood because we were a family unit. Um, but to answer your question, no, I don't recall ever feeling like that, really. They were close, but I never felt, oh, God, they don't have time for me because they're so close. Well, but I mean, if if there if there was some separation to begin with, as you were saying, because your mother was taking care of her parent and your father was working, then maybe the time that they did have, you know, a lot of it was together. I mean, a lot of this is unconscious. You'll have to spend more time on that. No, I, I'm, the more I talk to you and read the book, it really is honestly making me think back on things, thinking about my childhood more, because I'm more for, oh, for goodness sake, own your past and everything that happened to me since I left home and fell into that world. But I think perhaps maybe there is something more to it. So, I'm okay, we'll, we'll leave it at that. <laughs> we do need to take another break. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. My guest is Sarah Simons. Her book is Having an Affair, a handbook for the other woman. She's also the head of Mistresses Anonymous. So stay tuned for more sex talk. <laughs> Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. Well, we're having talking today about having an affair, if you've ever been the other woman or you've been the um, wife and you're worried about some other woman snagging your husband, some bad girl, or um, you're a man who's finding this incredibly <laughs> titillating, 
Keep listening. My guest is Sarah Simons. She's the author of Having an Affair, a Handbook for the Other Woman. She's also the head of Mistresses Anonymous. So, um, so go ahead. You be, during the break, you were saying you wanted to ask me something about the wife. I do, actually, Dr. Carroll. While I'm on your couch, a lot of the time I hear from women, and I've been in a situation myself, where they're having an affair with a man whose wife knows about the affair. The wife has chosen to turn a blind eye because it suits her. She doesn't want to divorce him. Either she's enjoying the social aspect or the financial benefits, but she doesn't want to sleep with her husband. She's made it clear, and she's even contacted the mistress, so it's not just hearsay from the man's mouth. What do you make of women like that? Because personally, I think that type of wife is as bad as the man who's cheating because she too is violating her vows, and the other woman is the one that's doing her work, and she's the one that gets cast aside. Yes, you know, it's, that certainly is true. That Actually, the wives of men who are cheating do know. I mean, they may, they may not consciously admit it to themselves, but at some level they are aware. And, of course, they always blame the other woman. They want to, instead of their husband, they want to blame the other woman for putting a spell over their husband that made him uh, helpless to resist because they don't want to admit that their husband um, could actually be enjoying having sex or having a relationship with this other woman. Um, so they, you know, they, they make her out to be the witch. But it's really very unfortunate. And, of course, you know, the truth is, and that's kind of where, um, I mean, with, with my book, Bad Girls, Why Men Love Them and How Good Girls Can Learn Their Secrets, the secrets also go for the wives. Because if a, so many times when a woman finally catches her guy, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm not talking about husband steal. I mean, just let's say a, an average, you know, a woman gets married, to, not a bad girl, just any kind of woman, and then a good girl, let's say, and then she gets married, and, um, but she's, been, she's made herself look very attractive before the marriage, and she's um, been sexually active with him and, and um, uh, enjoying sex and a good partner and just in every way a good partner that, you know, and the guy falls in love with her and marries her. And then all of a sudden, or over the years after they're married, some, you know, they just, so many women get lazy, sloppy, lazy. I can't tell you how many men I hear the same thing time and time again, not just from the men who I, who I um, interviewed for this book, the ones who had been married, but which men in my practice or men that I know, you know, they talk about how um, after they were married, their women got fat, their wives got fat, their wives stopped caring about their appearance, they stopped being willing to have sex or, or, or certainly not being as, as adventurous in bed. Um, you know, and, and because women, so many women think, well, I've got him. I don't yeah. have to keep trying so hard. And that's yeah. what makes these men vulnerable to husband stealers mm-hmm. because, um, you know, they compare these women mm-hmm. who they once were really attracted to and in love with. And, and not that, again, not that this gives anyone the right to, mm-hmm. to break their marriage vows. But on the other hand, um, women need to wake up and realize that if they're not going to keep themselves um, as attractive and as as um, as interesting, it's not just physical, but it's also intellectually interesting. I mean, so many women just kind of um, stop stop learning, stop doing new things. It, they just get boring. Yeah. And you know, I mean, the truth is, with all these husband stealers out there, um, 
that is putting your man in a very vulnerable position, or as I describe it, that makes him a sitting duck for a bad I love how you say husband stealers rather than straying men, but I'll let that go for a minute. (laughs) (laughs) But I I love what you just said. I think it's a brilliant point because I'm all about taking responsibility, and as an infidelity analyst, I'm kind of neutral now. I'm talking to the three parties, and I'm sure that any man listening tonight is getting a lot out out of your show in this conversation. But any wife listening today, my heartfelt message is be your husband's mistress. Yes. Do not allow a space for another woman to walk in, period. Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, you know, don't think that once the ring is on that you, <laughs> you, you don't have to keep trying. I mean, actually, it's not even trying as far as just for your husband. It's, it's also for yourself to be the, the, the best you can be, whether that's being intellectually stimulating and, and physically your best with exercise and all of that. Um, I mean, you know, it's not just to please him, but it's to sort of have more discipline for yourself. And also, Dr. Carroll, to keep it even-handed, a lot of wives listening tonight will think, oh, but my husband drinks too much beer and he's got a pot belly now and he breaks wind in the night. (laughs) Yes, husbands do have to step up to the table, too. But on the other hand, if you are growing apart and it's not working anymore, get divorced. Life is too short to stay with somebody you cannot stand, period. Yes, well, except, I mean... That's my take. Well, okay, but if there are... um, you know, if, if, like, let's say a husband is is um, uh, abu- physically abusive or even emotionally abusive, mm-hmm. um, I mean, what I always say, though, is if there are children involved, that a couple should go into therapy, couples therapy, for at least a year so that they can feel as though they gave it the best shot they could. And if they can't work out their problems within a year of, of weekly intensive psychotherapy, then chances are they're not going to be able to. But, but I, I, I think people need to try a little harder to, I mean, of course, you know, of course it's horrible to, to have affairs. And, I mean, it's, you know, I mean, that's a sad result of being unhappy. And it's not, I mean, I, I understand what you're saying, that it's better to get a divorce than to carry on affairs, I guess is what you were trying to say, right? Basically, if you're not, well, I, I don't, Basically, I believe that a man steps out, or even a woman, because let's be fair, a lot of married, yes. married women have affairs. Yes, I have the bad and... girl, the married woman on the prowl, yes. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, chapter 6. Um, <laughs> they step out because something's not right at home. I'm all for going home and talking about what's not right before you take on somebody else. So it's not just get divorced, but don't let it get to a point where you have to cheat. Yeah. And also, I have to disagree a little bit about the kids because so many, I've interviewed some grown-up kids now who are product of affairs, and they said, Sarah, I wished my parents had got divorced. I grew up knowing they were both having affairs. They said that was no role model for my parents to pretend to be happily married. They really wished they got divorced, they could be happy separately and have relationships with their mother and father separately. So that's a very real take from, from the kids' point of view. Yes, but of course, it's, but it's not really... Um... You know, they say that because because it was miserable, but the other the the being a child of divorce isn't isn't a walk in the park either. You know, it's it's really kind of uh, caught between two difficult situations. Yeah. It is. It is. Life is hard. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I have I have a confession, Doctor Carroll. Yes. I'm not proud of it, and I'm not boasting. I'm just sharing. Mm-hmm. 
I've got your book, Bad Girls, in front of me. I'm looking at the different chapters and the different types, the 12 different types of bad girls. And I can relate to every single one of them, except number six, the married woman on the prowl, because I've never been married. Otherwise, I have been a part of the <laughs> Well, you have to I get married and you can do that one, <laughs> Well, it's okay. I have said I'm a recovering bad girl, and I can fit into a number of these categories. <laughs> including Husband Stealer. Actually, um, one of my first Husband Stealing episodes has been more than one. Oh, wow. um, but one of them was relatively innocent. Um, I was just no thinking about thing it today. Married man. What did you say? I said there's no such thing as an innocent man. <laughs> no, I mean that I was, I want to say that I was relatively innocent at the time. Oh, okay. Um, as compared to some of my later husband stealing episodes. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, okay, tell me all about it. Well, this one was kind of a, no, it was just, it was one of, I think it was maybe, maybe it was my first husband stealing episode, I don't know. But um, but I, as I was preparing for the show today, I, I remembered it. And it was when I was in medical school in, in Europe, and um, I used to come home for the summers, and I used to do modeling. And um, I was doing shoe modeling this one summer, and this guy who was one of the partners who owned the company that I was modeling for um, asked me out after the you know after the day's work we we had a like it was a fun successful show and so he asked me out and uh, I went and I you know he was cute he was an older guy but he was cute and. Um, and we went out, and we had a long dinner, and, and I was kind of thinking, huh, you know, <laughs> he's kind of nice. I could be interested in him. And um, we, we went to, I think we, we, I forgot where we had dinner, but anyway, I remember we were in the hallway waiting for an elevator, and um, I said, something came up, and I said, well, you must have been married once. And he said, I am married. Oh, <laughs> da da da! <laughs> that was one of those moments. It's like what? <laughs> um, so that's why I said I was relatively naive, and and it was oh, no, oh, no, no. And what did you do? Did you get in the elevator, or did you say goodbye, married man? <laughs> <laughs> well, I blocked out what I did that night, but I did continue to see him. And uh, okay, that's honest. The only good thing about that story is that at least he told you when you asked him, or roundabout way. So many men will say, "Oh, I'm separated," when all that means yeah. is his wife's away visiting her mother for the week. You know, it's at least he did. Yes, say, right, right. right. <laughs> separated for the right. Well, actually, though, uh, the reason why I'm telling you the story is that there's a there's a point to it. I did continue to see him. I mean, I knew there was a safety valve. I was I was going back to Europe at the end of the summer. Um, but we we did carry on an affair. I'll admit to that. And um, and one day, um, when this had been going on for a while, uh, he mentioned something to me. I, I like I had assumed he was going to be going back to his wife at some point that night or that weekend or the next morning or something or other. And um, he said he had left her. He had left her for me. And that was a chilling moment. Because it was, I had not been, I had, I, I had not you signed up to that. I did not think that it was going to go that far. I didn't think, um, I, I, I didn't think is the answer. And, um, and so that, that sort of, I realized that no, I didn't want to be responsible for that. And I quickly ended it. Wow. Do you think he really left? Because they hardly ever do, as we've said. 
Well, I think I think he had done for this brief period of time, but then when he realized that uh, that it was not going to continue with me, I think he probably went back to her. I don't know. I mm. I stopped answering phone calls and. Um, and that I genuinely point. feel sorry for the type of wife he can just go back to like that. He's tried with you or whomever, and yet she's always there. She's a safe person he can go back to. She's a person, too. He's humiliating her, and he's lying to her, and he's going to do it again. Yes, yes. And, uh, yes, and, you know, I, to, be, to be honest, though, I think a lot of women, not necessarily, I mean, I guess to some degree they're husband stealers, but I think a lot of women, because when women, okay, when women are husband stealers, and we haven't talked about this yet, some, sometimes it is for just the thrill of the, you know, the, the capture, the challenge, which was what I was just describing. And sometimes the women do really want to marry the man, do want them to leave their wives and, and marry them. But it isn't always that way. It is sometimes just to prove, aha, you see, I could have gotten him away from his wife. Dr. Cal, most of the women I hear from do not set out to be husband stealers, as you so lovingly call them, or us. <laughs> they genuinely have fallen in love with the wrong man. Now, people will say, oh, that's rubbish. It's not. The men have either lied to us, led us on. Of course we could have said no, like you could have said no the night you went out to dinner with the guy. You fall for it. You just yes, do. It's like, yes. why don't the wives leave? Why don't the mistresses leave? They fall for this guy. Okay, um, we, need to, we need to take another break. <laughs> Thank goodness. I don't want to tell any more about any more tales. <laughs> we're, um, we're having a break. My guest is Sarah Simons. Her book is Having an Affair, a handbook for the other woman. She's the head of Mistresses Anonymous, which we'll talk about during the next segment. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, a recovering bad girl. Hi, my name is Dr. Carol. I'm a recovering bad girl. Um, are you having an affair? I just talked about mine. Well, I'm sure many people out there have had ones themselves. And as I said, that was just one of mine. So, and I'm not talking about any more of them right now. But at least it shows that um, 
that I know I can, I, I'm not just a um, talking head. <laughs> I know, I know about all of this from, because I've been there. But, um, my guest, Sarah Simons, um, I want you to talk now about your, about how you started up and about, all about Mistresses Anonymous. Yes, okay. So um, after I wrote my book, after what I went through, we called him Mr. X, so I went through complete heart annihilation with him, sat down and wrote my book, and I literally put an advert in the newspaper overnight just to see if there were any other women out there or was it just me. You know when you're doing something wrong, you always think you're in a, mi- in a minority, it's just you. Well, the next morning I had about 25 messages on my answer machine saying, oh my God, I have to tell you my story. You have to write this book. So that propelled me, uncompelled me, to finish it. I managed to get myself on the Oprah show, no mean feat, as I'm sure you know. And really after that, it was just open sesame to all these women writing to me saying, you told my story, can you give me some advice? And I heard the same thing, email after email, letter after letter, which brings me back to the point you make about husband stealers. None of the women who write to me are having a good time. I don't hear from those women who are going out there purposely to trap Uh married men. They're too busy perhaps having a good time or have their emotions in check. Perhaps I'll hear from them in a few years. I hear from women in complete trauma. They are suicidal. They are drinking bottles of whiskey and Chardonnay as they're writing to me. I'm not making this up. They are rock bottom. So they see me as sort of a leader, this beacon who can help them get out of their affairs, but I couldn't reach all these women. I'm just one person. So I had to set up a group, and after doing some research and living in L.A. for a long time at the time, there was an addiction group for everything. And I found that the pattern of these women, and myself included, was the addiction to toxic love. These men are toxic, it's wrong, but we still stayed. We still got into these situations. We were still having our heart broken. So I set up Mistresses Anonymous, and it's basically a forum, a group session, either online or through my website, which is mistressesanonymous.com, or sometimes in person. I've held um, live meetings in L.A. and in Vancouver, and I hope to hold some more. And it's a place where these women can come and talk like we're talking. As soon as you open the floodgates for this topic, you want to talk about it because the other woman is all about living a secret life. They can't speak. They're protecting somebody. As soon as they're allowed to speak, they don't want to stop, yeah. right? Yes. <clears throat> so Mistresses Anonymous, or MA as I call it, is like AA, but at MA we can drink. In <laughs> fact, that's the 13th step. So it's a 12-step recovery program, but the 13th step is a glass of wine because after the first 12, you need one. Mm-hmm. And um, it's basically a place where I just uh, speak to these women in a way that nobody else has. What are you doing with your life? Why are you with this guy? He's never going to leave. Get out. You deserve more. You deserve better. So I help them with their self-esteem. I help them see life a different way. I help them date. I take them out dating sometimes, meeting single guys, practicing their dating skills, it's it's a big job, Dr. Carroll. We need a psychiatrist like you. Yes, well, I'm uh, I'm happy to be of help to you. You know, I love it because you have these 13 steps, as you said. The 13th step is enjoy a nice cold glass of of um, of wine, Chardonnay. You deserve it. But you actually have um, you know 12 steps, just like all the other 12 step programs. Mm-hmm. You want to talk about uh, what what seems to be the hardest of these 12 steps for the mistresses? I think step one, admitting you've got a problem. Mm. But when they write to me, really, that's admitting it. You know, when you ask somebody for advice, you're finally speaking out and saying, this is getting bigger than I can handle. 
Um, step three, setting goals to stop all communication with your married man, or MM as we call him, because the communication is so intoxicating. It's the way you keep in contact with him, whether it's a text message, a Facebook, whatever it is, you live for communication with this man because he's not yours. Um, you know, I'm going through the list quickly here, but you, you, uh, step six, make a list of all the family and friends you've lied to because as the other woman, you're living a secret Shameful life in some respects. You don't tell people where you are and what you're doing, why you're so unhappy, why you're crying on Christmas Day when everybody else is celebrating. So you really live in such closeted, you know, it's just a secret life, really. I don't know how else to say it. Um, uh, Step 10, fully commit to never allowing yourself to be second best again. So that translates into their new life. Don't be second best with a man who can't emotionally commit or who logistically lives too far away. Don't ever be in a situation where you're put second best, even to his work. Nothing. Um, And by, you know, as we get through, as you can see, step 13 is very welcome. A nice cold glass of Chardonnay. Um, Yeah, I like uh, step 11, stop feeling sorry for yourself and wallowing in misery. Because, I mean, you talk about um, uh, these women becoming martyrs. Mm Mm-hmm that um, they sort of get used to, even though things are really bad, I mean, they have to, uh, they, they can't be with their MM uh, as much as they would like and so on, but there's a kind of martyrdom that a lot of women take on. They, that's right, and they know I'm very tough on them. I don't want to hear how it is. I want to hear what they're doing to get out of it. I don't mm-hmm. want to hear why little Tommy at school, his school play means that she can't see the man that night. They sh- she shouldn't have even been in the relationship. So I have no open ears for what's going on in the affair. I'm here to help them get out of it. So there's no wallowing. And I have to make sure that doesn't happen in the Mistresses Anonymous meetings. It's not a place to all sit down and compare notes about their married men. It's a place to sit down, get empowered, and say, my God, why am I in this situation? I'm getting out now. And now also um, you talk about sponsors. Have you set um, people up with sponsors, or how does that work? I have, actually, yes, and because we live in such a virtual world now, because all the women that write to me across the world, especially in America, I have to be honest, and a lot in L.A. and on the West Coast, but I have set them up, um, whether it's through Facebook or email. Certain girls I know who write to me for advice are at a certain similar place, so I'll connect them. I've given them the advice I can. I need them. If the one girl has just come out of her situation and is on the wagon now to not going back, Perhaps she's changed her phone number so the married man can't contact her. I need her to talk to, say, Jennifer, who's just in that stage of about to change her phone number. I know that the other girl can help Jennifer stay strong. So it's putting the right girls together, and perhaps they might be the same age group. I've got two fabulous women who are in their mid-20s who are having lengthy affairs with married men. They're slowly getting out of it, but I know that they've got so much in common, more than with me, such an old person. So I want them to talk to each other. So, yes, the sponsorship is very important. Yes, because it's just like uh, where you'd call a sponsor to not uh, take that drink. If you were an alcoholic, you'd call the sponsor to not to not make that call. <laughs> uh, right, the other day, one of my lovely girls wrote to me and said, I bumped into my married man in a coffee shop today. Oh, my God, what do I do? He said all the right things. Mm. Walk away. And she did. And, you know, it, there's more to that story. But this is the things I hear every day. They reach out to me. Should I tell the wife? Because I found out he's having unprotected sex with other women. I mean, that's mm. gross. What Not just her, other do? women as well. And there's a wife sitting at home who could get diseases. Hmm. So what did you tell her? I said it's for you to make the decision. I said, but personally, this wife somehow deserves to know because she is, you know, he, he's not protecting her. So if there's a way she can find out whether it's anonymously, but I believe that that woman has a right to know. Yes, yes. 
Yes, it's all... uh, I just always try and put myself in other people's shoes if I can. It's awfully hard to say you should or shouldn't do anything. I'd never tell people what to do. But Mm -hmm. if I was a wife sitting at home and my husband, Harry, is out sowing his wild oats without condoms with a handful of women, I really think I'd like to know... Yes, absolutely. And, you know, I mean, you just have to wonder about that. These men who do that, and so many men do, uh, I mean, you know, when they're having affairs, it's one thing, but then to not use a condom because they enjoy it more that way, I mean, without worrying about, um, oh, my, we, oh, God, this, this segment is over. Oh, dear, I want to give out your information again. Uh, mistressesanonymous.com. Everyone, go to Sarah Simon's website, mistressesanonymous.com. Also, her book is Having an Affair, a Handbook for the Other Woman. And Sarah, (laughs) this is fabulous. We have to to do this again. I would love to. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm a huge fan of yours and of your book, Bad Girls. It's amazing. You're very, very welcome. And if you also, if you want to go to my website, badgirlsbook.com, and you go to the home page, not the landing page, and you opt in, I will send you a complimentary uh, bad girls test to see if you're a bad girl. And for men who are listening, I'll send you a, a sitting duck test to see if you're going to be a sitting duck for a husband stealer. And yes, the, the men who have affairs are called misunderstood and married. They're bad boys. I'm not just blaming this all on the women. It takes two to tango and to do all those other things. So thank you all for listening. You've been listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat. 